Hi guys, you're listening to The Thinking Violets with me, Mariam. And me, Ariadna. So the question for today's episode is, does democracy work? Dear listener, if you're on the street somewhere right now, or surrounded by strangers, have a look around at them and think, every one of those people has the same right to vote as you do, and they're decision weighs exactly the same as yours or even that person everyone everyone think of your worst enemy think of the most stupid person you know think of the meanest bully you've ever met their vote counts as much as yours oh you know what (laughs) i'm had some thoughts on this go on after the referendum (laughs) when i heard that a lot of people voted for the first time mm-hmm. in the referendum. And I thought to myself, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who hasn't voted in like 40 odd years thought, this is the one where I'm going to really give it to him. studying for masters I met a very interesting person who Mm. to this day I respect quite a lot very smart person who was the first woman I'd ever met who had carved a career in the US military Wow! and when I asked her why did you join the US military and she said because I believe in democracy what does that mean? so I joined because I wanted to advance democracy and protect democracy and I expected any answer, I think, mm. apart from that one. And so, I kind of want to explore that in this episode. Does democracy work? Do you believe in democracy? I think that person was obviously very privileged. Yeah. They've never probably been in a minority group, mm-hmm. I suspect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is nothing to worry about. Yeah. When you are in that position. Um... Do I believe in democracy? What is democracy even? Yeah. Should we start there? What is democracy in my room? What is democracy? On a basic level, democracy is government by the people. Could be directly or indirectly through representatives. Yeah, so the word democracy comes from the ancient Greek for demos, mm-hmm. which is people, and kratos, which is power. So power in the people, power to the people. Yep. As a starting point, people use what's called a minimalist or minimal definition of democracy, which is something like free and fair elections to the national executive and the national legislature, or something like that. For many people, that's not enough, though. No, for some people, they might add freedom of press, They may add freedom of speech. Um, Organisation, expression, information. That's what we call more liberal democracy. So liberal democracy is what most people think about when they hear the word democracy in advanced Western countries, at least. When do you think Britain became a democracy? In the last 60-odd years, perhaps? If we're taking the minimal definition about free and fair elections, mm-hmm. free being universal franchise so everybody can vote, mm-hmm. 
at a minimum, Britain became a democracy really in 1928, when all women and all men got equal rights to vote. Yeah, I think that's probably the loosest. And about 1920-ish in America. Yeah, probably later actually, because you think about the civil rights movement, I would argue otherwise, (laughs) but yes. Yeah, so even if we take the sort of, the sad skeleton definition of democracy, democracy is quite young, because... America, Britain, we think of these countries as advanced liberal democracies now. Mm-hmm. It's and quite yet, a big claim. It's not even been a hundred years. No. And it's still evolving. Okay, so you mentioned direct democracy versus indirect, or what we say is representative democracy. Mm. So what's the difference? So my first thought when it comes to direct democracy is referendums. Uh, or referenda, however you say it, um, and the ability of people to affect change. Whereas with indirect democracy, you are sending a representative to act on your behalf or to make decisions on your behalf. Yeah. But what do you think, Mario? Is direct democracy better than representative democracy? Is it better to give voters the choice of a policy rather than a bunch of elites in parliament? And technocrats. I'm not a great fan of it. And I think if you are going to use it, it has to be wielded very carefully. And the issue has to be something which is not so seismic. Mm. So yeah. do you think that Brexit should have been put up for a referendum? No. At least when it was put up for referendum, there should have been stronger safeguards. There should have been a threshold. It could be two thirds. Or you'd need perhaps 55% and a certain turnout as well. There should be a higher threshold for something so seismic, I think. So I had to teach this topic, well, the, the topic of direct democracy versus representative democracies to six formers. They were revising for the A-level exams and I came in to just give them some last-minute revision sessions. When the kids asked me, oh, miss, so I don't really understand this topic. Which one's better, direct democracy or representative? I gave them this metaphor. Go on. Imagine you have a leaky shower. I was moving house and there was loads of Issues in my house, including a leaky shower. Yes. Okay, you have a leaky shower. All right, drip, drip. You have two options to fix that shower. You can do it yourself and get the toolbox out and fix it. Mm-hmm. Or you can call a, an expert, in this case a plumber, to come to your house and fix that leaky shower for you. What are the advantages and disadvantages of both decisions? Well, the advantage of the first one, you fixing it yourself, is that it's your shower. Mm-hmm. You have the greatest form of control over what you do. You can be sensible, you can buy the most expensive parts, you can buy the cheapest parts, you can triple check everything in your house. Because it's your place and you care for it, you will probably do the better job than someone else would do for you. Because they're not as invested in your life as you are, in All your right. comfort. What are the disadvantages of that, Mariam? You hit a wrong pipe <laughs> and you damage your Because you're not a plumber, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you had to fix your own leaky shower today, you probably wouldn't be able to do it or you could do a bad job because you're too busy. You specialise in something else. You're not, yeah. you're not a plumber by profession. It's not my portion. So you have to delegate some of the jobs and responsibilities for things that are important to your life to other people because mm-hmm. you can't possibly do everything or be knowledgeable about everything. And it's the same with democracy. Direct, wow! <laughs> direct democracy is you fixing the leaky shower yourself. A representative democracy is asking a plumber. 
But obviously a plumber can also screw you over. Yes. He might promise to fix your shower, but do a bad job. Or he might tell you that he's an expert, but actually he could have forged his exactly <laughs> qualifications. So you might meet a good plumber, you might meet a bad plumber. You don't know until you get the job done. And your wallet is lighter as well. There you go. Politics 101 hey. with Ariadne. I see it. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I get what you mean though. In all seriousness. Look, um, it helped some kids get some A's. So, you know. It worked. So representative democracy. Mm. Why would anyone be saying that it doesn't work? Usually, democracy is something that people take pride in in the West. I live in an advanced liberal democracy. I'm mm. going to, you know, join the army to protect it and defend it and spread it. So why would someone say it doesn't work? So what have we seen across the world? For example, Israel is seen as the most representative democracy that there is. You get 25% of the vote, you get 25% of the seats. So everybody knows what time it is. But they have just, or they are going to undergo a third election in one year. Because they can't form a government. That's insane. And the person who's the prime minister has been there for, what, more than 10 years? And then you get the same in some other countries, right? In Europe. Yeah, so let's take Spain, for example. They've been through it this past few years, but they're about to embark on, what, fourth election in four years, which has seen them go from a centre-right government to a centre-left government, um, strong representation in the regions, Catalan, Catalonia. Now they have more There's been a rise. far left, far right regional parties therefore lack of consensus yep um even germany germany is seen as like one of the most stable governments out there right yeah Yeah. and um in 2017 when there was election it took nearly five months for some sort of coalition government to be agreed and they are really good at the whole grand coalition business aren't they in theory and germans have to be efficient right five months for germans that's like eternity for (laughs) that is a long time (laughs) Apologies to all the Germans offended. Sorry. <laughs> but contrast yeah. that with the UK. How long did it take when we had a coalition the first time in our living memory? Quickly. But then think about how many elections we've had recently. 15, 17, 19. Three elections in four years. Yeah. Which for Britain, that's insane. Yeah. Hung Parliament, very weak majorities, not really... Stable government that we're used to Yeah. seeing where government can push its business yeah. through it's still part of this sort of trend of the age of deadlock yeah. democratic deadlock where you don't have the agreement you don't have the consensus and therefore what's the outcome of that not much gets done because of the deadlock we've had over brexit other important piece of legislation were sort of put at risk such as so there was the domestic abuse bill which had strong cross-party support in parliament and people wanted to see that get through the bill aimed to make sure that victims have the confidence to come forward and report abuse one of the big elements of the bill was to create a statutory presumption that victims of domestic abuse are eligible for special measures when they go to court yeah it's a scary procedure as well but because of brexit Mm -hmm. that got delayed and the election as well it fell away so it has to be reintroduced i think it will pass but the point is there's been delay yeah those months could potentially cost people lives or could prevent perpetrators from being brought to justice yeah, and actually that bill was a 
manifesto commitment in 2017. So it's actually two years and nothing has been achieved. So that's an example of where democracy is not working because important changes are not being made to protect or improve the lives of citizens. Yeah. Here's another quote from Clement Attlee, a Labour Prime Minister. Yep. Late 40s. Landslide, Labour victory. Yeah. Democracy means government by discussion, but it is only effective if you can stop people talking. I really like that. It's true. You look at America, for example, the government shuts down. Yeah. Um, people don't get paid. Yeah. People lose trust yeah. in politicians. You need to have trust, right? Most people trust their doctors. If there was a collective distrust of GPs in the way that there is about politicians, it would be so- worrying. I've got here in my quote, quote list, George Bernard Shaw. Democracy is a device that ensures that we shall be governed no better than we deserve. I agree with that in a point. Like, we get the leaders we deserve. Yeah. In some ways. But then the system gives you certain leaders as well. Who's the last one to inspire you? Damn it. Wow. I mean, Obama, before he actually started uh, doing, you know, stuff. doing stuff. 2008, election time Obama, posters on the wall. Yeah. I don't know many other the leaders hope. who did that. Yeah. yeah, He was a game changer. And then you realise, like, oh, he was a it's part, it's part yeah. of the system. Yeah. So I recently watched <laughs> Fahrenheit 11.9. And it's okay. like a weird documentary about Donald Trump and failure of American politics and things like that. He was talking about a water crisis somewhere in america is it flint michigan yes flint how did they have no water beyond me it was dangerous for their health it was corroding automotive parts in a local factory i think maybe it was ford or something and the factory complained and guess what happened they returned the sort of safe water to the factory only so the rest of the town where people drank that water and it was proven to be dangerous for their health. Legionnaire's disease. Huh? Yeah, it was giving Legionnaire's. Them Legionnaire's disease and all sorts of things. Um, so the hell. rest of the town carried on drinking the unsafe water. And then Barack Obama eventually came to visit them. And obviously it's like... How um, long afterwards was this? I have no idea. You should watch it. I recommend it if you want yeah. to get some juice on that. But um, yeah. Barack Obama came to visit. And because it was sort of predominantly African-American community... Or yeah people who are from African American community were predominantly affected by that. He was sort of expected to be partially someone who could stand up for their rights. Yeah, you think that. And people were very disappointed. He turned up, gave a speech. He said, "Oh, my throat is uh, <coughs> dry. Can can somebody give me a, a glass of water?" I don't know. Really? <laughs> a glass of water? Irony. Um bottled water. And yeah, and people were like bottled water. He's like, "No, no, no. From the tap is fine." People just thought of like looked at each other. You can see it in the documentary. It's like a real clip from his speech. Yeah. No self awareness. So there. they yeah, he they poured him a glass of water and gave it to him. Yeah. And the whole point was, I think he planned it because he wanted to show that he's drinking the water and it's safe. like this average person. Yeah. yeah, he was gonna tell them that it's safe. What? And so he takes the glass yeah. and he does it twice. He does it in a speech and in another conference in Flint. Yeah. Uh, and he takes the glass puts it to his lips and he tilts it back. Yeah. But you can see he does not take a sip. <gasps> he does not actually drink the water and he makes this claim that the water is not that bad, that there mm. are always like small risks, but ultimately like drink it then. keep going. And he doesn't even drink it, but he pretends that he does. And then when I saw that, and I saw that recently, I was like, wow. That's poor. Cause I think those people are still suffering. Yeah. 
Oof. Some people accuse democracy of being a short-term, short-sighted form of government. Because everything is in electoral cycles. And most electoral cycles last four or five years. So yeah. there are about four or five years between elections. Why would you commit to a really big, green, environmentally friendly project that will take, let's say, 20 years to build? Yeah. Some kind of green city. A new way of living life. Right? <laughs> Why would you commit to that? If in 20 or 30 years' time, some other guy or woman, a prime minister, will take credit for completing it and cutting the red ribbon. When it was your idea, you had to fight to get it through parliament, find the funding, plan for it. and Get then... businesses on side, get yeah. people on side. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that already, though, haven't we? Boring as it sounds, transport. Exactly. Transport is boring, but we complain about it every day when yeah. our, we're stuck in traffic or the trains are delayed. Yeah. And which countries are leading on infrastructure, such as transport? Well, China. China. Russia. To an extent, Russian infrastructure is pretty good. I mean, they build a bridge to Crimea pretty quickly. <laughs> it's just opened. You can get a train. So you can probably get a one-way ticket for about 50 quid. Really? Maybe even less than that, maybe 40 quid. That's not bad. So what are we? We're a society that wants things to be done now. And politicians who want to offer short-term achievable plans for which they can take credit and be re-elected. Yep. Because that's a key condition of democracy. Everybody seeks re-election. Yeah. Because democracy has an accountability mechanism, which is the election. Yeah. If you, you are a bad plumber, you won't be hired again. And everybody will say how bad you are. <laughs> I will tell all my friends never to go <laughs> exactly. to you ever again. Exactly. Um, and you could apply that principle to democracy as well. There is a group of people who are actually disenfranchised in democracy, even in an advanced democracy. Disenfranchised meaning they don't have the right to vote. And those people are the future generations. The prisoners. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from those, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Youth. But also those who are not even alive yet. But they will be alive and they will be affected by the decisions we're taking now or failing to take now. Mm -hmm. So... You know, a benefit to democracy is um, that it's sensitive to the people. Yeah. But really, is it? Mm-hmm. To me, it's sensitive to certain people yeah. in certain areas. Like, what do you mean? So we started out with democracy. What does it mean? It comes from the Greek. Mm-hmm. Demos, kratos, yeah. power to the people, power of the people. Yeah. The people are then narrowed further into citizens. Yeah, so you have some <laughs> migrants, I guess, who are not yeah. technically citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Then you bring that down to voters. Yeah, because they're the eligible ones. Not all citizens can vote or will vote for various reasons. Often, the most marginalised in society. Mm-hmm. Then you're down to voters that you know always vote. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you have people, voters who live in certain areas. Because mm-hmm. that area, for example, changes with the wind. It tends to pick the winning party. Mm-hmm. Say in Ghana, for example, there is a region which essentially decides the outcome of the elections. Really? Yeah. So that area always... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, but that area always tends to vote for the 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 party of the president. Yeah. So Whoever that region votes for is basically will always become the... President. Yeah, that okay. party. Yeah, the the leader of the candidate for that party will become the president. So okay. everybody 
tries to take that region and that's where most mm. of the promises for infrastructure, development of roads, etc. happens because they're the bellwether region. Yeah. Um, so... What's the name of the region? It's the central region. Mm-hmm. If you want to win, then you're better off seeking the votes of people who live in those particular areas. That is democracy. Some people, in some places, leverage considerable power mm-hmm. because those politicians depend on them Yeah. to win. Yeah. You have to be a special type to want to become an MP, right? What kind of time? You have to be pretty resilient to go through that. You've been elected. Woohoo. You're the MP for Netherville. <laughs> and now you have to take the views of all those people. You may have got 25% of the vote. You know that most people didn't vote for you. But you have to represent them all. You promised X, Y, and Z to the people of Netherville. But you must also toe the party line. You haven't got time to be an independent-minded person. What a terrible job. Why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> I feel sorry for them. Yeah, it does make you wonder sometimes. Uh, I tried that uni, you know. <laughs> you tried to take over the uni? No, I tried to take over the society. Me and my friends were like, <laughs> right, we're going to take over the society because yeah. it's run terribly. Yeah. And we're going to be like a coup. We're going yeah. to... I mean, it's called, like, the Black Student Society. We were the only black people in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were like, let's take over it. We failed. You, you failed to take over a Black Student Society, yeah. being the only black student in the Black Student Society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cow for this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. How bad is that? Oh, yeah. By contrast, my politics tutor one told me a story. I don't know if this was real, but that he was trying to run for a student election and the mm. way he got elected he his main opponent he got his best mate to run against him split the vote oh and then he got elected see so what happened to you were you the two black students <laughs> literally <laughs> running for the same office we're like i'll say i we also- <laughs> oh no i know we're like this is not how we intended it to go out <laughs> no no that's when I knew I was like, man. Democracy's doomed. <sighs> okay, so actually, in preparation for this episode, I came across this book called Why I Write by George Orwell, who wrote famously 1984, the great sort of political novel. Dystopian novel, wasn't dystopian it? Dystopian novel that people think still have relevance today. So, uh, quite interesting guy. Um, this is like a short piece that he has, and this was written in 1946. Nothing this has some relevance to what we're talking about. So do you want to read these bits that I've highlighted? See if, um, yeah. See if they make any sense. Okay, so here we go. But in a sense, it is irrelevant whether democracy, at its highest or at its lowest, is better than totalitarianism. To decide that one would have to have access to absolute standards, the only question that matters is where one's real sympathies will lie when the pinch comes. The intellectuals who are so fond of balancing democracy against totalitarianism and proving that one is as bad as the other are simply frivolous people who have never been shoved up against realities. The question is not, can you make out a debating society case in favour of, well, he said Hitler, but you could 
put any authoritarian regime in there. The question is, do you genuinely accept that case? Are you willing to submit to Hitler? Hitler's rule, yeah. Or any authoritarian regime's rule? So yeah, so I guess his point is therefore what? That you can sort of have all these thought experiments and find the flaws in democracy. Are you actually prepared to submit? And I suspect for a lot of people, the answer is, yeah, (laughs) maybe not. Especially if you haven't had the experience of it. So relationship between democracy and the average Russian person in Russia is very complicated, tainted with bad experiences from the transition period of the 1990s Mm -hmm. during which economic shocks came and really turned the world upside down for many average Russians Mm -hmm. 1990s are seen as sort of having left a big scar on society in Russia and very much a period to which Russia does not want to return and the 90s was also sort of the first experiment with democracy in Russia unfortunately so in Russia people are more prepared to tolerate authoritarian elements of mm-hmm. politics for the sake of greater stability it is definitely billed as the best thing it will change your lives it will make you richer in african countries for example that was seen as the model when the british or the french left legacies of colonialism yeah in that so you take a western model it seems to be working in the west mm. and then just um shove it onto a completely different shape yeah, a different political, socioeconomic, cultural, historical structure and society and expect it to just work after however many decades of colonialism and slavery and then it's not always that straightforward. I think a, a lot of people would probably, and this is my opinion yeah. from like from a Ghanaian perspective, would probably prefer stability mm. Yeah, and ensure there's representation though. Would you rather live in a country where you have regular elections and protection of freedom, so a liberal democracy, mm-hmm. but nothing ever gets done? Like, literally nothing. No bills can, <laughs> can leave parliament and become legislation. That's it. Or would you rather live in a closed authoritarian regime where the government controls all the media... And there are few freedoms, such as freedom of speech. But obviously you weren't, your life isn't necessarily directly in danger, but just you don't have these freedoms. But things get done. So that includes sometimes getting stuff like infrastructure projects or investment into education, mm-hmm. things like that. My mind says the former. Free, uh, liberal democracy where nothing gets done. <laughs> Mine is telling me the former, but my, but I feel like that would frustrate me so much. Like I could tweet about it or write letters. I'd be so annoyed <laughs> to the point where I'd be like, I'm tired. Just someone fix the potholes, please. Yeah. The latter to me would be a country, like a city like Singapore. Okay. And that seems to be the theme that we're sort of kind of dancing. Uncovered, right? Yeah. The and problems like, we're identified in democracies were about. What, governability. Governability, exactly. So yeah. it's the deadlock, delay, short-term gains, long-term problems. Yeah. People just talking over each other. Yeah. Um, so governability versus what George Orwell is talking about, I guess, to an extent, is freedom, or you could say accountability. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea that if you get a bad plumber, <laughs> you can't get rid of him to the point where you can't even get a new plumber. The guy moves into your bathroom and tells you when you can have a shower. Yeah. What's our conclusion then? Do I believe in democracy? It will do. Um, however, yeah, I can fully understand where, if I've experienced turmoil, if I've experienced economic instability, I can understand why somebody would be like, you know what, I'm tired. Someone's yeah. come in to make these decisions, get stuff moving. I can yeah. understand that sentiment. Isn't this how Hitler got into power? Yes. <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. There's no easy answer on this, but... I can see how that train of thought can end up being um, because yeah. it's a very easy response yeah. to very to complex issues. Yeah. I would say I probably do believe in democracy. Going back to my quotes bank, mm-hmm. you know the one I'm going to pull out. You're Churchill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Winston Churchill, democracy is the worst form of government except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. Mm. I think there are big problems with democracy. I hate it when people are hypocritical. So I hate it when people criticise other countries without really understanding context. So I would never really sort of impose like a democratic model. But I would say is that I think accountability is important. I don't want to live with that plumber in my shower (laughs) i don't want to use a communal shower in the end um so we have to acknowledge when democracy does not work if we have too much deadlock if we have a tyranny of the majority Mm -hmm. if we have really big decisions taken on an emotional level rather than an informational level because information just doesn't exist brexit seemed like a gamble Yeah. yeah let's see what happens yeah you have faith in one or the other side it felt like So if we sort of acknowledge that it doesn't work in these moments and we try to fix and evolve it, 21st century demands 21st century politics. Why do we have to continue with the same rigid institutions? So the conclusion is, does democracy work? By and large, yes. But watch out when it doesn't and don't don't take it for granted. That's true hold those that we that make decisions over us and regulate our actions to account you've been listening to the thinking violets podcast with me ariadna and me mariam thanks for making it all the way through to the end of our second episode i'm glad that you have or maybe you haven't <laughs> oh no <laughs> we always do this like thank you but if you haven't then alright fair enough no but seriously thank you and hopefully you know this will spark some thoughts for you as well yeah what are your thoughts on this does democracy work can you give us some real life examples when have you felt that democracy worked for you or when have you felt that democracy does not work for you or any other thoughts on the matter yeah. give me some quotes from my quote bank I do love some good quotes yeah. Um, you can get in touch with us on the Thinking Violets podcast on Instagram, or at the Thinking Violets. Yes. Or you can send us a nicely phrased, interesting email to our email address. Please, no pen letters. <laughs> the Thinking Violets at Outlook dot com. Yes. So yeah, thank you.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>